0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week
1: it's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to
2: the races, and he stays on his feet. That's just going to go
1: the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, everybody. We've got a very happy
0: crew today. we got Thomas Schaefer coming back from vacation. He's in it, Well, Are you in a good mood when you come back from vacation? Nah. I don't know. I mean, he was in a good mood all of last week. Jamie looks happy, smiling. I'm in a great mood. And of course, Heath is here. No Dave this week, or at least for the beginning part of this week, he's at the Senior Bowl. But uh, hey, congratulations again, Heath Cummings.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was a good effort. Yeah, good effort. Good
0: job. effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Yippee! Now it's exciting, and they're facing the 49ers a rematch. And uh what let's like let's just start the show with the most with the insufferable
1: tweet of the day let's just take i mean look at what you want to read your tweet out loud there Heath? okay this was at six seventeen last night so a lot of times i go back the, the morning after games and, and delete some of the tweets from during the game or after the game because you know you're in a different state of mind than maybe you are when the game's not in the heat of the battle uh, I decided to leave this one up, though. So uh, I'm glad you were able to find it. Uh, it just says, "I don't know how many, how any AFC fan base besides maybe the Bengals feels any hope for the next decade." It's sad. The next decade, the next like decade. it is really sad for like guys like Lamar and Josh Allen, whose legacies are being negatively impacted by the greatness of Patrick Mahomes.
0: It is a little bit, yeah. That's but I talked about last week. He's Michael Jordan. He's just making everybody look bad. Um, but, uh, anyway, Jamie, what are your thoughts, uh, from yesterday's games?
2: Uh, I mean, obviously a lot. It was, it was, uh, I, I was hoping for a little bit more offense in the AFC side. You know, that was, you know, a little frustrating to see that the defense has played so well, you know, just because I wanted to see the greatness of Lamar Jackson and he was, you know, contained and I think frustrated and understandably so. Chief's defense has been fantastic. And I think really, <clears throat> um, and I'm curious Heath's take on this. You know, uh, not that he's going to be viewed negatively, but I I, don't, I remember who said it last week. How much Chris is, Chris Jones's impact on this Chiefs run? Mm-hmm. You know, because we all look at at Mahomes and and Kelsey and Reed, and they get the, the the headlines understandably. So Chris Jones is a monster, an absolute monster. I had a friend ask me yesterday. He goes, Has, has he surpassed Aaron Donald as the best interior defensive lineman of this era? And no, he may have, no. you know, I, I, I don't think so from a, from a personal standpoint, but he's in the conversation, you know, and, and, and certainly what he does, he's a game wrecker. He's an absolute game wrecker. And, yeah. um, the NFC side, man, that was, uh, um, there's a lot to get into. I know, I know <laughs> you want to talk about the the Dan Campbell decision. So he will, but, um, it was, it was, it was a gr- good day of football. It was a good day of football.
1: Yeah. I, I thought watching that, like you, you were always, as a, somebody cheering for the chiefs like can can you just put the game away can we go one more drive and yeah. they just had no offense but it also looked like they they got that that two score lead and they just kind of felt like it was safe um they they were pretty content to just uh okay that's good and they obviously had the offensive lines concerns and baltimore's defense is the best in the NFL so um, I can kind of understand why they got so conservative, too.
2: I don't know if they're the best in the NFL. I think your defense yeah, might think, be the best it, in the NFL. Uh, well, have, incredible, th- too. Thank you.
0: You have to mention the Jerry Sneed. I mean, he's made – without, you know, shadowing a wide receiver, he makes the play of the game and knocks that and ball that, out.
1: And, like, Jamie brought up the Aaron Donald thing. And I think that's like, that's the reason that Chris Jones probably isn't going to be in Kansas City next year is because he wants to be paid like Aaron Donald, and the Chiefs wouldn't do it. Kind of like the Tyreek Hill situation. My 14-year-old says to me, like, They should just pay him whatever he wants. They've got to bring back Chris Jones next year, and I said, well, that means you don't have LeJarius Snead if they do, because they're gonna have to. It's gonna be one of those two guys.
2: Well, unless uh, eighty-seven decides he's done and you get some, yeah, uh, relief.
0: Yeah. Well, eighty-seven. We're gonna talk about Travis Kelsey and renew the debates. You know, Travis Kelsey and Sam Laporta, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I got one question for each of the eliminated teams. We'll talk about Zay Flowers. That's my question for the Ravens. What is Zay Flowers' upside? And for the Lions who you drafting first. I think this is a fairly easy one but well, I don't know about easy. But you know the Twitter poll had it pretty pretty easy but Amonra St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs who you drafting first? I think it's you know if you maybe drop down to half PPR it becomes a little bit more interesting there. We'll get to that. I do want to talk about the Dan Campbell decisions but I, I was I'm a little surprised that the that the 49ers are favored. You know, I mean, I are they still? They are still one point. And I think it started. Was with it was two and, and a
1: half. half last night, and it was like one and a half by the time everybody went to bed, and now it's one o'clock this morning, so, or one point this morning. So,
2: um, yeah, I mean, it's everybody basically a home game Chiefs. for them.
1: Home
0: game for them. Yeah. What'd you say, Jamie?
2: Everybody's gonna bet the Chiefs. Ah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I w- I thought everybody was gonna bet the Chiefs against the Ravens, but people were taking the Ravens, and the line got up to like four and a half or something like that. Uh, so I was I was surprised at that. You just I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think when I picked the Chiefs, I think I said Jackson's going to turn it over twice, and Mahomes isn't going to turn it over at all, and that's why I was picking Kansas City. And that's that's I mean you can simplify football when it comes to these games. It's so often about turnovers, and he just Mahomes just doesn't make mistakes, and he doesn't take sacks. They have almost no negative plays.
1: And I I just, I just can't wait to see with with two weeks. What Shanahan and Spags come up with, like that—that yeah. that matchup between their offense and those weapons and that system against what the heater that Spags has been on lately—that's going to be fascinating.
0: Man, but McCaffrey is just. <laughs> just oh yeah, he's got to be a handful. He is. Oh, so I think if good. I was San
1: Francisco, it would be pitch to McCaffrey, pitch to Debo, pitch to McCaffrey, pitch to Debo. Like just, just try to kill him with <laughs> that way. Yeah.
0: You have any thoughts on uh, Lamar Jackson and? His legacy, whatever, because we talked about it a lot with Josh Allen last week. You know, what does this game mean for for Lamar Jackson's career? I guess
2: he's going to be a two time MVP, right? And so, you know, he had this uh, his his Twitter. It was a poll, right? It was just your um, yeah, yeah, your your odds. I think you gave on Uh uh, what they needed to accomplish. Um, Again, two time MVP. He's clearly not done. I mean, he's got a, a lot of. You know, hopeful great moments left, unless you're, of course, looking at what he, he said for the next decade. Yeah,
1: no, um, right. <laughs> a lot of AFC
0: championship games in his picture.
1: He's going to win a lot of regular <laughs> season <laughs> awards and a lot of regular season football games. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with
2: that. Um, it's true. You know, uh, we'll we'll see how health factors into all of this with all the uh, moving parts for everybody else. Um, look, he's in a tough division. Obviously, it's it's been, you know, everybody's going to be competitive. Especially, he's got to go head to head with Joe Burrow for. However many years, hopefully you know ten plus. Um, I, I I think his legacy is going to be fine. You know, I I hope he's not a a Dan Marino esque type quarterback where he puts up a lot of numbers. However he does it and doesn't ever get a chance to win a Super Bowl. Obviously Marino played in one, um, but I think Lamar Jackson will have some some team success at some point.
0: All right, uh, let's, uh, let me get your th- I know we're talking a lot of non-fantasy stuff. We will get into fantasy. Okay, I have four Dan Campbell decisions that I want your thoughts on. And if I'm missing any, you let me know. So, decision number one for Dan Campbell. Kicking a field goal from the three-yard line at the end of the first half. They were up 21-7 to at the time. Less than, I think, about 10 seconds left in the first half. They had fourth and goal. And I thought he was going to go for it. He ended up kicking the field goal to go up 24-7. to 7. Right call or wrong call?
2: I, for me, it's the right call. I, I think you take the points, that, that decision right there.
1: I think I probably would have taken the points there. I, um, I don't know what the the analytics say on that one, but it, it's really borderline, it seems like to me.
0: From all the football I watched this year, fourth down and 18, uh, up by 16 points, from your own 5-yard line. I think analytics say to go for it. The analytics always say to go for it. Obviously, no, no, that's not
1: that's not that's not true. I'm exaggerating, but, yes. but
0: every time they show a graphic, it's always analytics say go for it here. But yeah, okay, yeah. so we agree kicking the field goal at the end of the first half to go up by 17 points right decision. Okay, 703 to play in the third quarter, winning 24 to 10 at this point. Lions are up 24 to 10. It is 4th and 2. From the 28-yard line, San Francisco's 28-yard line. He goes for it. Josh Reynolds drops it. San Francisco takes over at their own 28, scores a touchdown. Uh, Right decision or wrong decision? Fourth and two from the San Francisco 28, up by 14 in the third quarter.
2: Uh, For me, I'm probably kicking at that point because I, I think I would rather be up by three possessions.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think again, it's defense, either side's defensible. I think probably I would go for it, but I also think that one might be close enough too to where if I had Justin Tucker or Harrison Butker, I, I might kick it. If I have Michael Badgley, um, I probably would just go for it.
0: That's I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's what's behind, could be what's behind those decisions. Uh, all right. And then this one was more controversial. They're down 27, 24 at this point. 7.32 to play in the game, fourth quarter now. It's fourth and three from the San Francisco 30, and he goes for it. And this one didn't – like Reynolds dropped the previous one. They should have had that. This one, nobody was open, incomplete pass. Uh, But this was 7.32 to play, fourth and three from the Niners' 30-yard line, down by three points. It's a 48-yard field goal for Badgley, who actually has pretty good numbers over over the last couple of years – from 40 to 49 yards. Uh, but I don't think he had a ton of... He hasn't been their kicker all year. I mean, they've had kicker issues. So, uh, I don't know. I, I I was fine with this decision, too. Uh, what would you guys think?
2: This was a, a tougher kick, so I would have gone for it.
1: I, I would have gone for it. I think that like it's kind of like the Bills thing. I, I never really thought Tyler Bass cost the Bills the game because even if he makes the kick, the Chiefs have the ball with a minute and a half left and only need a field goal. Like, if you kick that field goal and now you're tied thirty four thirty four and they have the ball left with seven minutes left, yeah, there's a, you're a, still a big underdog in that game. The Especially last considering one. what San Francisco's <laughs> offense had done on their last like four or five possessions.
0: I can't. I'm not sure if people are talking about this last decision as much, but to me, the worst decision of the game was running the ball, right? So it's no
2: oh, it's been talked about a lot. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, good. Because I know people are talking about going for it on fourth down. But this was you're down by 10. You got third and goal at the one yard line with a minute and five seconds left. And you have all three timeouts and he ran the ball and they got stuffed. Dave Montgomery got stuffed and then he used the timeout and then he went forward on four. I should have thought it right, went there. He, I thought he should have just kicked the field goal. They went for it. Jamison Williams caught a touchdown. But if you if you just kick the field goal or you pass the ball, don't you just, just pass it instead of run it, then you don't even need to rec- – I mean, you still go for the onside kick, but you still give yourself a chance to get the ball back because you'd have all three timeouts. So running the ball there with Montgomery and burning a timeout, that was terrible.
2: I think that was the you, worst one. You, you throw and kick yeah. is the right way to go. Yeah. Right. Okay. You I mean you, you got to score twice?
0: Yeah, and you can't run the ball there. Well, I can't believe they did that. So it cost themselves a timeout, and they could have gotten the ball back. Granted, it still would have had pretty low odds, but some odds. All right. Well, anyway, uh, you know, I think people who are killing him for not kicking. I think we're. All, it seems like we're all sort of in an agreement. It, in but there you that know, look, shoot, it, that, that's it, not, it's
2: his, it, It's the way he's coached right. his entire time as as a head coach for the Lions, and so you stay true to who you are. And so I think the thing that's he's getting a little probably more flack was the not kick the kicking at the end of the first half, the not going for it at the end of the first half. Like if you're gonna be this way, be this way all the way.
0: Yeah. I, I could see that. But again, but we all thought that was the right decision. It just felt right at the time to take a three score lead into halftime.
2: Yeah, but and again, I would have done it to go up seventeen as well, you know, but right. That that's that's what he felt was the right thing at at the right time. I wonder how much of the uh the third and goal run was him or was it Ben Johnson?
0: But that's, but I think that falls on him anyway.
2: I I totally agree
0: with you. Unless golf changed the play. That's the only, like if you're the head coach, that has to be a pass play.
2: Right. I mean, well, Ben Johnson's about to get hired probably by the, either the end of the day or tomorrow by the commanders. And well, he's about to be head coach. So he should know better. Also,
1: who did we have this situation with? Was it draw Taylor and the giants? Yeah. Yeah. Earlier this season. Yeah. And And they they said it was a run pass option play, and and Taylor basically decided to run it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So you're right. And, and, And Dable threw a fit.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right,
0: uh, let's move on here. Other podcasts, if you're you know, if you got some other stuff you want to listen to first, you want to get into fantasy baseball, now's the time. Fantasy baseball today, you can check that out. We also have fantasy baseball today in five, fantasy football today in five. Got the pick six podcast if you want some great football talk for the next couple of weeks and beyond. We've got soccer podcasts, we've got everything, we got combat podcasts. Uh, go to cbsports.com slash podcasts and check out our full selection. Thank you all for voting. We'll find out tomorrow if we won. Fingers crossed. I very much appreciate uh, – we very much appreciate all of you who voted for us in sports so podcast. Wait, the,
2: the, the, the text you sent us oh, last God. week was wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: th- so Adam <laughs> – no, come, come on. Come on. <laughs>
0: we don't need to do this.
2: <laughs> Adam sent us a text message with the with the results. I'm not going to say what it was, but he sent the text message was the results. I didn't yeah. realize he said it from the wrong year. No, I didn't say – well, they
0: took the voting down, and then they had a winner's slate. So I figured, oh, okay, these must be the winners. But they weren't the winners. They were the previous year's winners. Um, let's get into some rankings debates here. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. What did you have before the playoffs, and did anything change, Heath, for
1: 2024? I don't – Yeah, I don't remember. I think I had Lamar just ahead of Mahomes. Um, And I'm sure Lamar was probably better from a fantasy perspective in this game. Um, Threw for more yards, I believe. He was
2: better. Uh, He had a a 13-yard reception, too.
1: That was an awesome play. That was really, really awesome by him. Um, Yeah, I think I'd lean Lamar. Who
0: was better in this game? I actually think Mahomes...
1: Uh, Lamar the turnovers oh
0: no 16 for, for yeah no it was Lamar 19 points for Lamar and 19
1: and a half and uh, about I, did, I did it yesterday
2: as I, as I tallied up Dan's uh, massive victory in our playoff challenge
1: worst worst pick ever made was me taking Jameer Gibbs which caused him to take Kelsey and Rasheed Rice <laughs> I should just should have just let him have his lion stick
0: uh so sorry Heath who do you have ahead now uh let's say Lamar today Lamar okay hey, Jamie how about you
2: yeah, I had it. Uh, Lamar was three for me and um, Mahomes was four. And so I, I, I will still stick with that as well. I, I I think there's more risk right now of Mahomes if he loses Kelsey falling back than there is Lamar falling back because right. Zay Flowers is, is coming into his own as we see, you know, and I think you just make a – it's an easy one-to-one comparison. They both have young receivers on the rise that are going to be hopefully superstars and, and flowers and Rashi Rice. And I think unless the Ravens really go aggressive at running back and they are going to change a little bit of what they do, Lamar's becoming a very good quarterback. And so, you know, now that he's getting well, not that he wasn't. You, you get my point. He's becoming a, a more polished quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'll it. Um, he's always been a good quarterback. Um, he's getting more polished as a quarterback. And so what we've seen from him is, you know, the emergence of flowers with not really having the full season of, of Andrews. And if they can find somebody else, by the way, Odell Beckham's dad taking shots at Lamar Jackson was crazy. Um uh I, I would like to see a a better second receiver there, or maybe a younger second receiver there with some upside um the the chiefs have a lot of work to do i think to to make mahomes situation better he's clearly amazing and you know from a just quarterback perspective he's he's the best in the league but from a fantasy perspective we saw the the downside this year and it was frustrating
1: and baltimore is another place that maybe could uh all the AFC playoff contenders could use Gabe Davis, maybe. But like putting him with Zay Flowers, I think, would be a pretty good combination. And Mark Andrews. Yeah,
2: deep threat. That would be good.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Lamar Jackson, I'm going to give you a negative stat on both of these guys. that might surprise you. Patrick Mahomes, I think everybody saying, say, oh, he's playing really well right now. And he is. But he has scored more than 21 fantasy points in one of his last 12 games, including the postseason. So, he's not putting up the prolific numbers right now, even though he is playing well. Uh, Lamar Jackson. So, you know, Lamar Jackson, you look at his points per game every season, you have to take out one game in 2021 and one game in 2022. He played 14% of the snaps in both of those games, and his season was over. So, if you take out those games, he actually averaged his fewest fantasy points per game of his career since his rookie season. Uh, that caught me by surprise a little bit. Um, it was just a bad year for quarterbacks, so he still finished as a top five quarterback, uh, both overall and per game. But yeah, L- Lamar Jackson fewest fantasy points per game since his rookie season.
1: Well, I, it's going to be really really fascinating because we've not seen anybody quite like him. Period. Um, he's done things that quarterbacks have never done before, but we've we've really not seen somebody who runs as much as he do does age well. Um, so the next couple of years, but I wouldn't expect that to start next year.
0: And he still just does not get a lot of rushing touchdowns. Career high is seven. When you think about Jalen Hurts, three straight years, double-digit rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen, how many did he he have this year? He was a monster. And uh, Lamar Jackson had five (laughs) Five rushing touchdowns. And Gus Edwards had that stretch where he was scoring like two touchdowns a game. All right. Um, I had Mahomes three and Jackson four. I'm sticking with that. If Kelsey retires, that would change. Uh, speaking of Kelsey, Kelsey or Sam Laporta, that's our next debate, and we'll have it right after this commercial break on Fantasy Football Today. Stick around. We'll talk about Laporta versus Kelsey. We'll give you the news. We have some head coaching news, some offensive coordinator news, um, and I'll tell you about Dave Canales's history, spotty history, with a LOL on that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll be right
2: back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles,
0: So, same question I asked about Mahomes versus Jackson. What did you have before the playoffs started, and what do you have now, Sam Laporta or Travis Kelsey, Jamie?
2: Uh, I had Laporta over Kelsey. I actually had McBride over Kelsey as well. Um, and I, I'm going to stick with that, uh, even if Kelsey does return. You know, we saw a very poor regular season for him, career low and in, in, – not career low, but f- low for, I believe, since his rookie or second year um, in touchdowns, and um, points per game was down, Um He's getting older, man. He's going to 35 years old. It's it's hard for these guys to, you know, still produce at a high level. It's amazing that he's getting it done to the level that he's at in, in the playoffs, that his worst game was 7 for 71 against the Dolphins, and he had a couple drops in that game. Um, his last two weeks have been fantastic. And, you know, he's talked about this prior to the playoffs. You know, what will he flip the switch? You know, I think you were talking about the Chiefs in general. Will they flip right. the switch? But, um, you know, Kelsey in, in particular, he's looked like the Kelsey of old. But can he do that over the course of the season? He still finished number one in points per game. Uh, finish behind Laporta in total points. You know, will he start to miss some time? You know, will we get maybe like an NBA load management type of season from Kelsey where he may take a couple weeks off if he does return? I hope he's back. You know, he's still going to be one of the best at his position because of the offense that he plays in and the quarterback that he plays with. But I think you see what Laporta is capable of doing right now. And he was an absolute monster in the 49ers game and, and has done it all season long as he's continued to get better. And it was only his rookie season. So, um you know, he said this on a on a previous show. I think we were reviewing drafts, or maybe the tight end show, about not taking one of these guys until the third round at the earliest. I think we'll see a pretty big run, assuming Kelsey's back and Andrews is healthy, and you know McBride doesn't get significant competition. And Laporta's offense coordinator, I, I think, is is not bad. But rounds three, four, and five, we may see six or seven tight ends come off the board. You know, and it wouldn't be maybe that's a little too high, but five or six tight ends come off the board wouldn't be shocking to see that. You know, based on what the the caliber of players are going to get at that position.
1: Yeah, I'm I agree. I was Laporta before. I'm still Laporta. Um, I might change my mind in like two and a half weeks. If Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey does that again, and then Travis Kelsey confirms that he's coming back and then Ben Johnson is gone. I'm probably just gonna have Travis Kelsey tight end one again. But I do still think like if you're people are probably doing some drafts right now. And if you were, I'd I'd value Laporta over Kelsey just because there's a chance that he wins the Super Bowl and rides off into the sunset.
0: Let me ask you this about Laporta. It, oh, he had, you know, obviously a great season. Um,
1: we just get the exact
0: statistics up for Sam Laporta, but one of the reasons why it was a great season, was it was great for a rookie tight end. Cause they just, they rarely do what he did, but 889 yards and 10 touchdowns in 17 games. Let's call it like 16 and a half games. He got hurt in week, uh, in week 17. Um, it's so hard to say. Well, this guy had a great rookie tight end season, but the two that come to mind, are Kyle Pitts, set the rookie receiving record for tight ends, did not follow it up well in his second or his third year. <laughs> his second or his third year.
2: Change quarterbacks though. So, keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. And uh Jeremy Shockey actually at one point had uh, one of the best rookie seasons for a tight end ever. And it was looking at his uh his career right now. it was arguably his best season. Um, nah, I mean, it was his most yards in a season ever. And the following year, he averaged basically the same amount of yards per game, but he averaged about 60 yards per game. Jeremy Shockey in 2002. And he never reached 60. Again, he reached 59.4 yards per game. The next year he got hurt that year. Maybe he was never the same yet. Any injury? I don't know, but there is a bit of a risk of a one season. Sample size, that's that's my point here with Sam Laporta, and whereas Kelsey is... <laughs> I,
1: I just don't think that risk is as big as the risk of 35 years old. Yeah.
2: All right. Um, and I, I wonder, you know, if obviously, Pitts got hurt his second season. If Matt Ryan had stayed, because, you know, I mean, I asked Arthur Smith about this you know, when I talked to him for the B. John Robinson story that I did, and he, he, he brought that up. He said, you know, say that they had more trust in Matt Ryan as a veteran guy, as opposed to turning to, you know, um, Mariota and um, and Desmond Ritter in Pitt's second season. You know, it was uh, a, a significant downturn in pass attempts across the board. And you know, if if Ryan had stayed and he had stayed healthy, you know, the the career trajectory and and certainly the the fantasy outlook for Kyle Pitts might be dramatically different right now. All
0: right, last question on this. Do you what do you think the chances of Jamison Williams having more receiving yards than Sam Laporta next year are?
1: Slim.
0: 20%. Okay. Let's go to our news and notes. We have head coaching news. We have coordinator news. The Panthers hired Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their head coach. He, uh, you know, they, they were 20th in scoring. They were 19th in yards per play. But I think we can agree they did a lot of good things. And he got a very nice season out of Baker Mayfield. Um, he was also the quarterback's coach for Russell Wilson and for Geno Smith in 2022. So that's a good resume. But I want to note, how do you feel about this? His first job, Dave Canales' first job, and people don't talk about this he was the offensive coordinator for Carson High School in California and they went 7 and 5 in his first year they went 3 and 8 in his second year and i just think that's a big red flag heath so you don't you don't get that analysis anywhere
1: else no no i was unaware of his time um, there um, i see now also that he worked at a juco as well um i I don't think that the Panthers were very likely to get a top candidate to take this job. And so it was going to be somebody a little bit under the radar. He had a, a good year in his – in his first, was this his only year as an offensive coordinator yeah. at any level? Except oh, for no, high school. Except
0: for when he with, with except when three for in high school. High school.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not like – I wouldn't be super optimistic that I was a Panthers fan, that they're going to have a winning season with this guy as head coach ever. Yeah
0: this big does this move the needle for you jamie
2: no i mean you know they they got a lot of work to do clearly um the uh the entire offense you know i mean bryce young is i hate to say looking like a huge bust right now and the backfield is frustrating and and probably trending toward terrible again you know not that chuba hubbard had a bad stretch but there's not a lot of confidence, I think, if he's back as the lead guy. And obviously the Miles Sanders contract is, is looking worse by the day. Um, their best receiver is 32, 33, um, and Adam Thielen. You know, we didn't see really much from Mingo to say, okay, he can take that leap. And I mean, there's just not a lot to like right now. So, you know, hopefully they can retool some things and and get a little bit, you know, better talent around Bryce Young. And that When's their out.
1: next first-round pick?
2: <laughs> I think 25. I don't think they gave up three. Is it, do they have next year's? I think they have 2025.
0: Uh, Yeah, so what about on the Bucs' side? If it's not great news, if it's not a needle mover for the Panthers, is it a big concern for you for the Bucks losing their offensive coordinator?
2: Well, are we assuming that Baker is back and Mike Evans is still there? Because I think... That- I I've kind of been under the impression that they're going to try and run it back because things did work out well for them, especially the momentum that they picked up toward the end of the season. It's still a very good defense. And so can they go back to seeing what they have, unless there's a quarterback out there that really wants to go play in Tampa and and replace Baker that they feel more comfortable with as well. But um, if they're running it back and, and, you know, again, do they promote in house? Do they go out and get somebody that's going to change the system completely? Baker's really been a decent quarterback everywhere except Carolina. You know, I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was awful in Cleveland. I know, you know, sort of the end of the tenure there was bad, but he was playing through so many injuries. Mm-hmm. He looked good with the Rams. He certainly looked good with the Bucks. You know, so I don't think he's the issue. Um, Mike Evans, obviously, at 31 now is, you know, you got to worry about, you know, the, the wheels falling off. But we said that going into last year, and he looked awesome. Godwin's still a, a very productive receiver, you know, so – I think offensively they're fine. It's just a matter of does somebody come in to completely change everything, you know? And, you, and you've talked about this, Adam. Some of the the schedule in terms of what uh, Rashad White was facing was was not easy to run against in terms of yards per carry allowed and how some of those things stacked up against him. But he had a fantastic you know sophomore season. So there's a lot to like about what the Tampa Bay offense can be. You just have to wonder if can Baker do that again, and can Mike Evans still you know stay afloat as he gets older.
0: Uh, by the way, the compensation for that number one pick the Bears gave up the number one pick uh, for no, the Bears last year gave up the number one pick. Oh, I'm right. sorry. Right. And got the number one pick this they, year. Yeah, That's They right. got DJ Moore. They got last year's first round pick this year's first round pick, which is now number one overall. They also got last year's second round pick 2023 second round pick and a second round pick in 2025. So the Panthers will have a first round pick in 2025, but not a second round pick. Well, not their own,
2: anyway. Well, that at least the pick 33. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so someone's also just uh, okay. That's our first news item. Someone's asking about Mike Ditka in our tight end discussion. Just letting you know, Mike Ditka. That was in 1961 when he set the original record for most uh, for best rookie tight end seasons. That was pre Super Bowl, and that was his best season ever uh, by far. So. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, not, not necessarily by far, but it was his best season ever, so keep that in mind. Okay, anyway, that's irrelevant. Let's go to our next news item. The Eagles hired Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator and Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator, which we kind of knew last week. But that, I mean, you got to be feeling pretty good with those two guys as your coordinators after they lost their Super Bowl coordinators uh, after the 2022 season. So Heath, Kellen Moore to the
1: Eagles. Love it. I think that they will be better offensively. I think he is an upgrade over what they had this past season. Um, it will be interesting if, because Kellen Moore is a guy who has worked with offensive minded head coaches in the past and may- maybe butted heads with them a little bit. So it will be interesting to see how that working relationship works and if there's too many, if there's a lot of structural change to the Eagles offense. But I think it's a good thing.
0: People say, oh, Kellen Moore loves to throw the ball downfield. Well, not as much as Jalen Hurts does, by the way. (laughs) Jalen Hurts every year among the leaders in air yards per pass attempt. So I don't know if if we can look at a. uh, Jamie, I don't know. Is there. I think going to. When he went to the Chargers, we thought, okay, philosophical shift here. They're going to be more aggressive. They're going to throw the ball downfield more. And they did, but nothing like what the Eagles do in the Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni era. But do you think there's a philosophical shift somewhere?
2: I mean, there, there certainly can be, you know, just, you know, going with a, a different voice um, from Brian Johnson, you know, who kind of felt as if, you know, there was a lot of carryover from Shane Steichen. So I, I think, you know, more maybe enhances, you know, Jalen Hurts throwing the ball down the field, some different schemes to get guys open. Clearly, you know, the, the talent's going to win out here, you know, so X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. They have the Jimmy's and Joe's and they've had them for the last couple of seasons. So Hurts, you know, stay healthy. Uh, we'll see what they do to, you know, retool that offensive line with Kelsey retiring. Um, AJ Brown still top six, seven wide receiver, depending on how you want to break it down. Devontae Smith still a top 15 to 20 type of guy. Um, Goddard, you know, borderline top 12 tight end. I think the backfield is going to be huge here. You know, who's going to be the running back? So, you know, there was some thought maybe about uh, Arthur Smith taking that job and, you know, this. Making this ground game uh, a little bit more lethal. I, I think you kind of view it the same way. You know, it'll have whoever the running back is there will probably have a Miles Sanders slash DeAndre Swift type of season where number two type running back, Tush Push still involved. You, you lose those rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts still not going to throw the ball to his running backs as much. I don't think those things change.
1: We're, I thought we were banning the Tush Push.
2: I, think, well, I don't know if they ever banned the Tush Push. Don't
0: do it. Don't ban it.
2: Uh, Kellen Moore, by the way,
0: teams have never been. Big in throwing to running backs. That has not been, uh, you know, running back target rate. Never higher than 19th in five seasons for Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. If you just look, though, at the Eckler games, the games that Eckler play, they were 16th in running back targets. But that's still pretty low for the Chargers.
1: Sounds like Kellen Moore is Jalen Hurts. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They seem to agree very much on these concepts.
0: (laughs) Uh, The Falcons (laughs) hired Raheem Morris, who was the Rams defensive coordinator as their head coach, and he is hiring Rams quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Zach Robinson as the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Okay, what's our reaction there, Heath?
1: Um, I I think I, I feel better about it for Bijan than anybody else. Um, defensive head coach doesn't give me, and still no answer at quarterback yet, doesn't give me a lot of hope that things are going to get better quickly for Drake Lennon and Kyle Pitts um and the run game concepts might not be quite as good as they were when Arthur Smith was there but if it's a if it's a play defense and and run the football mentality then i think uh Bijan's probably going to be every bit as good as we expect him to be
0: all right and cleveland hired ken dorsey former bills offensive coordinator to play, to fill that role in cleveland he won't be i can't imagine he'll be calling the plays Stefanski does that, and Buffalo is keeping Joe Brady as their coordinator. So, Jamie, what is your reaction here to the former Bills coordinator now going to Cleveland, Ken Dorsey, and the Bills keeping his replacement, Joe Brady, on a permanent basis?
2: Yeah, not a lot's going to change in how I view the the Browns' fantasy options. You know, I think Deshaun Watson, as we've talked about, not great for David Njoku. Watson will be sort of one of those settle for type quarterbacks that you'll take with a last round, late round pick. You know, um, not a top-12 guy, but has the ability to finish as a top-12 guy if he can stay healthy. Amari Cooper getting older, um, you know, I think you kind of view him the same way, you know, borderline number one type wide receiver, closer to top 15. And we'll see what they do with their backfield. You know, how healthy will Nick Chubb be when he comes back? And will they lean on Jerome Ford as much as a second option, you know, maybe in that Kareem Hunt type of role just in terms of having a second guy get touches? For Buffalo, you kind of know what to expect at this point. You know, we'll see what they do in terms of their offensive skill players. I think we've kind of uh, figured out that Stephon Diggs is coming back. And it was pretty good for, for James Cook when it comes to Joe Brady. But um, otherwise, I, I think you just kind of view him the same way. You know, Josh Allen's going to be the number one quarterback. Dalton Kincaid's got top five upside at tight end. And, you know, one of our favorite players is going to be Khalil Shakir. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I was just sending Heath a profane text because he sent sent me a mean text, so I sent him one. No, back it was and,
1: just I just uh, shared a tweet I with you. Shared... Sometimes things happen I notice during the show, and I want to share them. Make sure that uh, nobody misses them. Yeah,
0: and I sent him a profane text back, but I misspelled the word "you," and it really lost <laughs> a lot of its a lot of its oomph when I misspelled "you." So I, yeah,
1: and you are still like the the only person who doesn't have the ability to uh, edit. Something they send can you via text? Edit on
0: on the group text, you can, right? Yeah. I I could have if edited. everybody
2: has an Apple phone, yeah.
1: If
0: everyone has that, okay. I could have edited, but I thought it was easier
1: to just type type you in <laughs> Write that. the word again. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> a couple of defensive coordinator hires, uh, Chicago hiring Eric Washington. He's, he was on the Buffalo staff, and the Patriots are going to promote from within with uh, defensive line coach DeMarcus Covington expected to be named their defensive coordinator. One question for each of the eliminated teams when we come back after this break on FFT. Mother's Day is
1: around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Zay Flowers scored 19.6 or more PPR fantasy points in five of his last seven games and that included the playoffs, and that was basically right after Mark Andrews got hurt. But that's a huge finish for a rookie wide receiver who had 858 yards and five touchdowns in 16 games. What is Zay Flowers' upside? That's my question for you about the Baltimore Ravens. Heath, what is Zay Flowers' upside in 2024?
1: I think that's a good question. My initial thought is top 12 if he had a big touchdown season, but without some big outlier in that regard i think it's probably more in the top 18 type range I, I think a very good number two wide receiver you probably figure even if they throw the ball a little more they're not going to be a pass heavy team and it's still going to be a good share of the targets going to mark andrews um and he probably won't be extremely efficient so yeah 12 to 18
0: okay how about you jamie What's safe say flowers upside
2: yeah, I was going to say top 15. You know, I I think you look at, um, again, the the continued maturation and development of Lamar Jackson as a passer, another year in Todd Monken's system. Who do they bring in as their number two wide receiver? You know, or do we see a little bit more 12 personnel with using both tight ends with Andrews and the development of Isaiah Likely? Who's the running back there? You know, how much will that change? You know, just because of the, I think, lack of trust and faith in Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, you know, how else you will keep – how healthy will Keith, Keaton Mitchell be, um, you know, coming back from his ACL tear? So that could factor in as well. But Flowers, I think, has a chance to, you know, lead this team in targets. And we haven't seen that from a wide receiver in Lamar Jackson's tenure. You know, it's been Mark Andrews for the the entirety of that when he's been healthy. So um, I don't think, for example, he has as much upside as Rashi Rice, you know, given the fact that both teams play with hopefully great tight ends. Um, you know, I think Rice has a higher ceiling, as, as we've seen. But flowers not far behind and you know again i i I think just based on what he showed and and has the ability to continue to show he's going to have a chance to be a potential number one wide receiver you know round three i think is going to be i think we see a lot of people start to look for him round four would be fantastic if he's still there
1: yeah i speaking of rashi rice i I noticed something during the game yesterday and a couple of times during the playoffs does he take the most big hits of any okay. like they just he, he looks like Pacheco out there just getting absolute waylaid. But well, that's because I he's am, basically a I'm running a, back.
0: What's that? He's like he's basically a running back. He catches the, short passes and then he just tries to run through everybody.
1: Yeah, well, like, run through everybody is is certainly right. Um, I'm a little bit worried about him staying healthy. Maybe he'll change that approach uh, going into his second year.
0: All right, so so you mentioned the pass volume for Zay Flowers, right? And it's one thing I said last week about you and Debo. Um, Can they be top 12 quarterbacks on a team that's bottom five in pass attempts? The 49ers actually had the fewest pass attempts in the NFL. Well, it's very hard to be a top 12 wide receiver on a team that's bottom five in pass attempts. Uh, Over the last 11 seasons, there have been five wide receivers who have done that, who have finished top 12 in either full or half PPR on a team that's bottom five in pass attempts. But two of them did it this season. DJ Moore and Ayuk. He was wide receiver 12 in half PPR, wide receiver 13 in full PPR overall. So I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. But it is tough to be top 12. Um, Tremendous season for DJ Moore. Now let me ask you this. Does DJ Moore count? Because technically, (laughs) the Bears were 27th in pass attempts, which is sixth fewest. But they were tied for 27th with Denver. So there were only four teams that threw fewer passes than them. So <laughs> I think that makes them bottom five. I, they had the fifth-fewest pass attempts, right? It
2: fits your narrative, so do it. Azerstat, yeah. really your own set.
0: It doesn't really fit my narrative, though. Like My narrative would be, oh, they had the sixth-fewest, but no, they really had the fifth-fewest.
1: Why would it be time. the sixth-fewest? Why wouldn't it be the fifth-fewest?
0: If you talk about—they had the 27th-most— But actually, No, no, what what about fewest? It's the fifth fewest. Tied for the fifth fewest, yeah. (laughs) Okay, um, all right. Next question for an eliminated team is for the Lions. And I'm going to say in half PPR, who would you rather have? Who would you take first, Amon Ross St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs? What do you guys think? Everybody's back. Everybody's back except Ben Johnson.
2: St. Brown. I was trying
1: to find my uh, top 24 that I sent to Jamie, and I had Munra St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs both in round one with St. Brown one pick ahead of Gibbs. One pick. Twitter
0: poll has uh, 1,000 votes.
1: That is PPR. Yeah, that
0: changes things.
1: Yeah, so half I'll go with Gibbs.
0: Wow, okay. So... Half PPR, I put the Twitter poll up uh, about an hour ago, uh, a few hours ago, and 1,000 votes, almost 1,100 votes. 62% are Amonra St. Brown, 38% Jameer Gibbs. What's the argument for Gibbs? Because St. Brown averaged more than 2.5 more half PPR points per game
1: than Gibbs this past season. Gibbs will have a larger role in his second year.
0: Will he, though? Do you believe that? I think he will, yeah. Did you know that in the playoffs, the Lions in three games, they had eight? No, they had nine carries from inside the five-yard line or including the five-yard line. Eight of them went to Montgomery, one of them to Craig Reynolds, zero to Gibbs, which is weird because at the end of the year, they were basically splitting that role pretty evenly. It's all Montgomery in the playoffs. Kind of strange.
2: He looked fantastic yesterday, too, Montgomery.
0: Montgomery had, I mean, look, 360 for me on, or 180 for me on Montgomery. I get it. Hit the edit button there, change 360 to 180. Um, he hadn't done anything to lose his role. He's been really good. Good for him. He had a great seat. Yeah,
2: unless the new coordinator comes in and says, you know, the the Ferrari is better than the, you know, nice SUV. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Montgomery's great, but Gibbs gives him another gear.
1: Oh, yeah. And Montgomery is approaching... Rapidly the age where running backs at the cliff.
2: One, I don't know if
0: you ever consider this, but, you know, Amandra St. Brown, I don't know that he has any injury upside. I don't know that there's a an injury to any player on the team that increases the role of Amonra St. Brown. But if David Montgomery misses time, Gibbs could easily be the best player in fantasy during that time, however long yep. it was. Yep. So I don't, I don't think you really draft that way, but it is sort of the winning play, right? I don't know. Well, I no, mean, no, I wouldn't you, say you gotta,
2: that. you gotta figure that based on where they'll probably both be ranked, um, and ADP they're they're back end of round one, beginning of round two. I don't think either player is escaping the top 15 overall. And so if you feel like, okay, if I can get Amara, St. Brown and, um, I'm trying to think like some of our drafts, like we've seen Jonathan Taylor in round two. Uh, that, that's probably not realistic, but, um, I'm trying to think of like running back seven or eight. Whoever that may be. Um uh, that
0: could be that could be Kyron Williams if he falls, could be Travis Etienne.
2: Okay. So Etienne's a good one. So if you if you feel like okay, I I I want to get a Monroe St. Brown and Travis Etienne as opposed to um Gibbs and Puka.
0: Puka. Hmm. I think <laughs> I'd go Gibbs there. <laughs> Gibbs and Puka.
2: It's 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 a great discussion.
0: Yeah, it is. That's going to be a fun one throughout the offseason. All right, I have one more topic here. Someone brought up Jason Kelsey because we were talking about the tush-push. I want to know, like, Chiefs ruined the Eagles season last year, right? Beat them in the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl. How do you feel if you're an Eagles fan? Jason Kelsey is just going crazy for the Chiefs now, like taking his shirt off and chugging beers every time they score. It's
1: family. It's his brother. I know, I know, I know. I'm just I think just, actually Taylor Swift was an Eagles fan before she started dating Kelsey, right? Or her family was. I think, was or I think her
0: father, yeah. Oh. Is. I didn't
1: realize that. I love Taylor Swift.
0: I love her more now. She seems yeah. so cool. i I love it. <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I saw I
2: I saw somebody tweet again. I apologize for not giving the attribution. Uh Taylor Swift reaching the Super Bowl in her first year in the NFL is pretty elite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like a storybook. <laughs> My friend asked, "What would happen if he proposes to her? They win the Super Bowl and he proposes."
2: Oh, I, I I saw a few of those. He hold, he's holding the Lombardi Trophy in one hand and the ring in the other, and he <laughs> yeah. proposes there. You know, guys, I
0: think this is real. I think it's real. It seems real to me.
1: I love I, it. I mostly enjoyed the people trying to figure out the time zone difference, um, because she's, I guess, playing in uh, Japan the day before the Super Bowl. Oh no. Um, somehow I think she can like fly back and get here earlier than she takes off.
2: Oh yeah, Sheft I think Shefter tweeted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she a twelve hour flight and it's earlier
1: here than when she than when she uh left.
2: A, only twelve hour flight?
1: No. no, I don't I just threw a
2: random number out. Oh okay. It's probably it would totally it would be longer. funny though, like if uh if Usher included her in the halftime.
0: I think he should I think absolutely he should. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, have a uh, have a wonderful day. We will talk to you on Wednesday on Fantasy Football Today, and check out Fantasy Football Today in five, which we're about to record. Peace out.